The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. How do you experience presence? Hey, listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. So today we're going to be diving into what some might call mindfulness, some call meditation, some are unclear on what it is. And what we really want to do is peel back the veil of what it means to be mindful and share how it can be impactful to anybody, anytime, anywhere. We realized even at the beginning of our own journeys how much we did or didn't know. And I also know so many people, I'm sure Jackie, you do, who don't want to do mindfulness or meditation because it feels like something you have to do or be or some type of person that does it. And so we really want to just open this up and give people, you know, more permission to just step into this. Yeah, and we'll talk about some of those myth busters today, but I think there is a lot out there that uh, we just want to clarify and make sure people, you know, understand how amazing mindfulness and meditation can be when when it's incorporated into your life. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, mindfulness and meditation goes back thousands of years. Only in the last like hundred or so years has it become more popular in on the Western Hemisphere in the world. Um, so, you know, what we looked at was some of the interesting information, the numbers around how people are experiencing mindfulness and the growth in it. So one cool stat that we found is that since 2012, the number of people practicing meditation has actually tripled, right? So that's pretty insane. From 4% of the population up now to 14%. And we were wanting to also look at what are some of the things that happen as a result of being mindful, of meditating, of spending time being more aware of yourself and what you want to experience in the world. And some of the things that have been found through the research is that it sharpens your attention, it can reduce stress over time, as well as anxiety. Those two kind of go hand in hand. Um, it improves your relationships. It can also increase your ability to actually be compassionate to others and hopefully also to yourself. So really excited to talk to you all about this today and wanted to open up with some of the, the myth busters. And so please know, like Jackie and I probably at some point in time have thought many of these things. And so, you know, if, if you feel these things, know that there are many other people like you and there's also space to actually think about how this might be beneficial to you in, in the long run. So one of the first myth busters is mindfulness and meditation are the same thing. They're not. So the way that we look at this is mindfulness is sort of the umbrella with under, under which meditation falls in. All of these the practices exist. We'll talk more about those practices. Kind of fall under mindfulness. So being more aware, setting intentions, things like this allow us to be mindful in different ways. So you don't have to be sitting trying to meditate for 25 to 30 minutes in order to be mindful. And we're going to share more about those distinctions. And one um, thing I'll just add yeah. there is that a good way to think about it is that meditation is actually a practice to be more mindful. It's just one of the many channels or practices that you can do to be more present and mindful. I also think that's a piece too, right? We, we use this term mindfulness, um, but what does that really mean? And, you know, another way to think of it is just presence or awareness, being in the present moment, being clear, right? So if you don't want to like use that word all the time, mindfulness, because it's, it's kind of thrown around a lot of times, using those presence or, or awareness is another 
way to do that. Yeah, totally. Another myth buster is that meditation or mindfulness is a religious practice, and it is not. Anyone of any religion can bring mindfulness or meditation into their life. People also look at yoga, right? And they think that's a religious practice. Again, it is not. Um, So really just taking religion out of the equation and recognizing that it's really a mind, body, soul type of exercise. It's very physiological. And as Leah mentioned, we get a ton of benefits that have been scientifically proven Yep. So religious or not religious, you can do it. And spiritual or not spiritual, you can do it. So mythbuster number three is I have to be spiritual to be mindful or to meditate. You don't. The reason I like to use so many different synonyms for this is it's really, it's awareness, it's presence, it's noticing. I mean, there are so many different ways to be mindful that have nothing to do with spirituality and everything to do with how you work with your brain. So just know that, you know, this is really not spirituality, not spirituality. Wherever you're coming from is the right place to start. The fourth myth buster is that mindfulness is about performance. I've heard from so many people when they're trying to get into cultivating a mindfulness practice in their lives that they feel like they have to not think and not have any thoughts come through, that they have to sit and stop thinking. It's it's actually not about that at all. We will always have thoughts that are going on in our minds and in our brains, and mindfulness is really around noticing those thoughts and being aware of them and not judging them and allowing them to go through. It is not about performing. It is about a practice. That's why we call it a practice, not a performance. There's always going to be times when you are not at your best and that you're meditating and you're like, oh, that wasn't a great meditation you know, practice. And that's okay, right? I think there's a lot of self-compassion that also comes into building a mindfulness practice. And so really when you're trying to perform it or trying to be in it, recognize that it's not about performance. It's about a practice and cultivating one. And then I need to set aside a lot of time to be mindful is another myth. So lots of people think you're supposed to sit for 30 minutes. You're supposed to sit for 60 minutes. If you can't do it for more than for that time, then you can't be mindful. I would say you're able to actually do this in a matter of seconds at times. Sometimes it's just like Jackie just mentioned, it's about practice. So sometimes it's about doing it more often with less actual time allocated to it, right? So if you could stop for 30 seconds every hour and just for minutes or for 30 seconds say, all right, I'm listening to my breath or I'm noticing my thoughts or I'm becoming more aware, that's a mindfulness practice in itself. So no time limits there. Yeah. And the last myth that we'll share with you today is that you'll see the results of mindfulness or meditation quickly. It is not something that's going to change for you overnight. It is about cultivating that practice and spending a minute two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes over time, but it's really about habit, right? So we've talked about creating habits. It takes 21 days to, to start a habit, 12 weeks to really have that become a, a full-on habit and then really taking it from there. You'll see the results of a mindfulness or meditation practice over time. It's not something that's that's going to happen right away. And I actually think this is a really great segue into sharing some of our own stories and paths around meditation. For me, I started meditating in 2017. So it's been a little over two years. I remember exactly when it was. It was July of 2017, and I was very interested and intrigued about meditation. And I'm going to focus on meditation specifically, not, you know, the mindfulness as a, as a general theme. 
I had heard a lot about it. I feel like there's so much out there around the benefits of meditation, but it was just not something I ever really got into or felt like I could get into. But, you know, I was going through changes in my life and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. And actually, for those of you who are new to meditation, and we've talked about some of the apps that you can use, but I started with Calm, which is an app, and um, they have a 21 days of mindfulness practice. And you actually don't have to pay for the app in order to do this 21 days. And what I love about it is that I only learned later in life that 21 days is the amount of time to start a habit. Mm. So it actually was was amazing for me. And I really started to feel a difference over time in terms of being more calm. I, I felt like my overall, it's not that I had anxiety, but just the anxious feelings that would arise in my body, I felt really were subsided over time. After those 21 days, I did feel somewhat of a difference in terms of also my attention span. And I knew that I wanted more of it. And so that was really when I started to get on the path of bringing meditation into my life. And I can't say I do it every day, but it is certainly something that I strive to do every day. And it's often something I think about, right? When I'm in a hectic day or running from meeting to meeting, I think, oh, I really you know, want to take some time to meditate. And if I don't have that time, I like to be mindful of my breath for even those 30 seconds. Because again, it's not about taking a lot of time to build in that meditation. It's being aware enough to recognize the benefits of focusing on your breath for that moment and what that does to really bring you back into the presence. So I can honestly say that that Having a meditation practice has changed my life in terms of just how I show up and my ability to really be more present with the people around me. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that. I think one of the big things that comes up is, you know, when do we start meditating? Some people, you either, it's like a stick or carrot kind of thing. Like someone's either trying to push you into it or something draws you to it. And so oftentimes, you know, I, I think in struggle, we find a lot of really amazing ways to support ourselves. So when you're going through a difficult time in your life, like Jackie pointed out, like she was going through a hard time and wanted to turn to something and found something that then now has really shaped a lot of who she is and continues to be. You know, I think if you're going through a hard time, play with different things. This is just one option. And there are many options within, you know, meditation, of course, is one, but many options within mindfulness that can help you as you try to move through, through, you know, the times that you're going through, uh, whether good or bad. So I love that you kind of shared that that was the the impetus and then you moved towards it. For me, I think, uh, you know, meditation has been in my life for quite a while. My dad has meditated for a long time. I've known about it. I was never really interested in it. I didn't get it. And so I just didn't do it. I started getting more into it in 2015, 2016, but I was really in and out of it. I was someone who felt like if I wasn't performing, then I wasn't a good meditator. And so like I, I tend to, to kind of move towards performance. And so that's what kept me from committing to it. I felt like if I wasn't perfect, it wasn't something I should do. I then in 2017 also actually started doing it more often, uh, attended a full day meditation retreat and really got a lot out of it and then started sort of baking it into my life. But it wasn't until 2018 that I feel like it became a real uh, committed practice for me. I started with Headspace, which is another great app. Um, and then I moved into actually doing it at work. So, you know, luckily we had and continue to have someone at our office who comes in 
couple times a week and leads a meditation. And it was a good time for me to put on my calendar and promise that I could get away. And then, you know, really over time, it started to become something that I do regardless. My, I've gone back and forth between different types of mindfulness and then meditation. So sometimes I like to meditate and I enjoy that. And other times I actually do something totally different. And I've been doing that more recently where I sit and have a practice of mindfulness and do a few different things that we'll talk about in a minute or so. But it's not complete silence, clear your brain. It's actually more intention setting, etc. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Leah, you mentioned that you started a mindfulness practice around 2015 and then you kind of dabbled in it for two years or so. And then in 2018, it became more prevalent. I'm really interested to know like, what changed for you. So like like and yeah. to be more specific it's like what what made it become more prevalent in your life. Yeah, so that's a really easy answer, spirituality. I definitely I grew up religious, not spiritual, but I was religious by just being in my family. And in most for most of my 20s, I really didn't relate to spirituality or religion. And so this big shift came when I found more spirituality. And so I wanted a new way to connect to myself, to connect to something greater and to feel like like I had purpose in like a different way than just, you know, the purpose of your career or whatever it is. I, I was looking for something more. And I think that's actually a really common thing for all, many of us who find different spiritual paths or find different hobbies or whatever. We're always looking for something more. There's that like gap of I'm here today and I want to be somewhere else. And so we find different ways to create that. And so for me, it was looking for something more and you know, stumbling upon, not stumbling upon, but really getting grounded in my own spirituality that made me commit to it. It's Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, meditation can be spiritual, but as we also talked about in our Mythbusters, you don't have to be spiritual, right? Because there is a lot of science behind it in terms of just clearing your mind, clearing your brain and your thoughts and all of that. But I love that that was your own individual pathway to meditation. I think yeah. that's, that's really interesting. And some people, I don't know about you, but I feel like some people 
meditate and then find spirituality. Some people meditate and never find it. Some people want spirituality, so they go to meditation. I mean, there's all sorts of different there's kind of all different levers you can pull to get to some very similar outcomes that, to your point, are scientifically proven to be fantastic. And if you are spiritual, you know, there's really space to to connect. Totally. So I want to pivot for a moment and go into different types of mindfulness practices. And some of these can be done through a meditation and some can just be a full on mindfulness practice, right? One of them, which I really love personally, is called a body scan. A body scan is when you focus from the top of your head all the way down to the bottom of your feet. What it allows you to do is get really present on the different points in your body. It's interesting because you can see where you're tingling or feel itchy or feel nothing at all. And it allows you to just get very in touch with your body. And what it really does, it helps you tap into your emotions, which I really think is just so... It's There's just that whole mind-body-soul type of connection that it gives you. The emotional aspect of a body scan allows you to just get more in touch with your feelings. And this is a, a beautiful way to to practice presence and, and again, put that physiological and, and physical awareness of your body with, with that emotional piece. And what I love about body scan, too, is it's pain points, too. So, like, a lot of us have random points of pain we don't realize or places that we hold tension when something happens in our emotions. So we can actually start connecting, like, oh, when I feel stressed, I hold tension in my left shoulder mm. and actually start to recognize how to move through those. Yeah, and I remember when I first started doing body scans, I never realized how much I held my jaw and, and tightened my my teeth and my jaw. And then when I would do the body scan and would get to my face, my, my forehead included, like the crinkling of your forehead, I was like, wow, I'm holding so much tension in my face. And it allows you to kind of release that. And it just is, is a great feeling. Another one is called focused attention. And what this does is focusing your attention on anything, right? It, it could be your body, like a body scan, but it could be focusing your attention on the sounds around you in the space. And this really allows you to bring some calm and peace into your life. Another one which um, Leah and I, we, we both love, is called Just Like Me. It is a compassion type of mindfulness practice where you're really thinking about not only giving loving kindness to yourself, but giving loving, loving and kindness to other people. And what the Just Like Me allows you to do is you realize that other people experience life just like you do. And so when you're going through a difficult time or a sad time or a hard time, you can bring that self-compassion into the space and also recognize that someone that you have conflict with or someone that you may judge at certain times are going through very similar life experience as you are. And it really brings just that compassion into the, the space. Yeah, it's funny. We did lead a Just Like Me um, meditation like I don't know, two months ago or something like that. And it is the most memorable one that we've ever done in my mind because there was somebody that I was really like, I don't typically dislike people, but I really disliked this person. I was like, I just can't stand this person. And of course, when, you know, when you're doing the Just Like Me meditation, which we won't do today, we'll do a different one. um, You have to bring somebody into your mind. And so you bring them into your like mind's eye and you sit and do all go through all the things that they're going through just like you. And I have never had the same feelings about that person again. That's incredible. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So definitely, definitely recommend trying that. Uh, the other one that we will actually do is intention setting. 
So I like intention setting because a lot of times we don't think about what we're hoping to bring into our day, into our life, into our space, into a relationship. It's really easy to lose track of this. I think I lose track of it a lot. It's something I'd like to practice more of. But what it allows you to do is, you know, at the beginning of a day or the beginning of a meeting or beginning of a hard conversation or whatever it is, set an intention. How do you want to be? What do you want to bring? How could that look and feel? And then it allows you to kind of flow freely, but flow freely from the point of knowing how you want things to or how you want to show up, really, right? So it's not an attachment to an outcome necessarily, which can be, you know, easy to to go to quickly, like, oh, I want this to turn out this way. It's really just here's how I want to show up and here's what it might feel if I continue to show up this way, because ultimately we can only control ourselves. So what you'll do when you want to set an intention is you can choose, again, a point where something's about to start, right? So maybe it's the morning, it's at sunrise. Maybe it's right before a meeting. Maybe it's when you park your car before you walk into work or when you get off the train or however however you get there. Maybe it's before you go into a hard conversation or into a great conversation. Whatever it is, you can start there. So what I like to do to set intention is first start with a four-count breath and do that four times. And the way that works is you breathe in for four seconds, count to four. You hold your breath at the top for four. You breathe out through your mouth for four, and then you hold at the bottom of the breath for four. And you do that four times. And you'll already notice a difference in the way your mind feels and your body starts to relax. So when we set an intention, what we really want to focus on is how do we want this to go? How do we want to show up? What energy are we wanting to bring? What value will that energy bring? And you can even close your eyes and spend a little time visualizing what that might be like for you to bring that energy, what it might be like for others in your interactions. You can also think about, you know, where might things happen that are exciting for you, right? I, I like to think of moments where I might laugh that day, where I might laugh in that interaction, where I might decide to be more vulnerable and might have a really great experience doing that. Um, and then finally, you know, what can go right when you set this intention, right? What could go right today or in this conversation with you walking in with this intention? And at the end of it, no matter what the outcome is, how do you want to feel at the end of all of it. If it's at the end of your day, the again, the end of your meeting, how do you want to feel based on the intention that you set? And how proud of yourself will you be if you've approached this situation with the intention that you set at the beginning? So I'd encourage you to try that out. Again, we've talked about this, but one of the myth busters is you don't have to do this for an hour. You can do this for literally a minute. Uh, you can sit for five minutes. So choose what works for you and try that out when you get the chance. I love that. Thanks for sharing with our listeners, Leah. I um, that is something that I have I don't do often, and I really would love to incorporate into my mindfulness practice. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And so where else to start? Right. You can start at a minute, two minutes a day, but there are other things to think through when you're you're wanting to be mindful. Again, it's just bringing presence to your that moment and taking a moment to think through what is going to fill you up in that moment, what is going to clear your space. Even something as simple as taking a break to walk around your office or taking a music break, right? Playing a favorite song. It's the intentionality behind bringing presence into your life that creates that mindfulness practice. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. So, and the other is actually we uh, that I don't think you mentioned Jackie was incorporating gratitude. Something that I've been doing recently is like a shift to my gratitude practice is called three good things. So, at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, typically at the end, I'll do three good things. What three good things happened today? And I have to literally let myself again get into that moment. Okay, thing one, thing two, thing three. And what I find is I am able to be. Uh, continue to be more intentional with my time, but also more intentional with my attitude, which is really important. Once I'm setting that three good things have happened, it's really hard for me to be angry about things. Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this. We hope that we've, you know, again, peeled back the veil on some of the things that maybe you were thinking about mindfulness and meditation. And ultimately, our goal is to have you continue to explore this for yourself. So go out and practice it. Share with people what you find. If it doesn't work for you today, that's okay. And most importantly, I think what Jackie mentioned earlier is be compassionate with yourself as you approach this so that, you know, you can continue to leave the door open to when it when it may sink in. And that might be a while from now. And that's OK. So would love for you to try one of the practices Jackie mentioned or, you know, the intention setting practice. And what I would say is if you're if you're really excited about this, try to do it in the next 24 hours. Give yourself a nice time frame so that you actually try it once and see how it goes. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening today. If you want to listen more to In the Arena, check us out on iTunes and Spotify. And thank you, as always, for coming along this journey with us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.